0: Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I, I've, I've over the years I'll joke about being a Sussler. I am Jim Sussler, the son of Frank Sussler and daughter, or son of daughter. <laughs> son of Pat Sussler, right? And I've got siblings. Joe Sussler, Jackie Sussler, and Josie Sussler, and now they've, the two of them have married, and they've taken on Jackie Renner and Josie Schultz, but there's still a Sussler vein. So, and I've joked about that, what it's like to be a Sussler, and um, if you've been around, if you've been around me for a while, or I suppose any Sussler for a while, you'll know that we'll have fun in joking about this, and we say things like, you know, in our house, it's survival of the fittest, and uh, if you ask for an opinion at our house, get ready because you're going to get an answer. You know we 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 talk about these things, and 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 I, you all have your families and the culture of your families that you represent as well. Amen? Amen. And you say whatever that last name was, and maybe you've changed your last name over the years, but I am sure that you still represent the family that you were born to, and or you, or you grew with, or whatever, and the who you married, you've taken on that culture. So, family identity and family culture, and it goes back, a lot of times we, we identify by the name. I can tell you very much of the Fantry family. Mike Fantry, who just did the announcements here a few minutes ago, one of the pastors here, I've been around the fantries. I, I can tell you very much of the Fantry culture. I've got it. I've been around it for years and years and years, and Mike hasn't changed at all in this, and his siblings haven't changed. They still have Fantry culture. Some of your families I've known for the years. And I can do a pretty good job, Jason Pascal, sitting back there. I can tell you, I can tell all, all, of, of, all of you here, if we had time, I could tell you about Jason's culture with he and his mom. And now I have a pretty good sense of the culture that he's got with his wife. They've been married for some time. And I could tell you a bit about the Holdman family culture. And a bit about, I could go on and on. As we get to know you, And you get to know me. We can tell about cultures. You with me? The family aspect and the family name. And we know, you know, I just, uh, something really stood out to me. You ever read the scriptures and have something just jump out, kind of that rhema understanding, the Holy Spirit speaks to you? I want to share something today that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me on uh, about names. And we understand the value of names and the identifying aspect of names. But Well, let's just look at this. Go ahead, Brad. Exodus 33, and he said, This is God saying, or I'm sorry, Moses is saying to God, Please show me your glory. Look how God responds. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The name, it's a big deal what God said. Moses says, Show me your glory. God says, I'll make my name go. There you go, my name. God's name's a big deal. Another, the very next chapter, there's a, we've got this other event here. And Now the Lord described or descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And look how he proclaims it. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty what a wonderful name embodies all of these things of God when Moses says show me your glory he's seeing so much more we're learning about the name through the description now I'm, I'm being a little fast and loose with what we're talking about here but I think we understand the concept of what I'm saying a name can be representative you follow me a name can be representative. We come on. Uh, we know in the New Covenant we're connected to the name as believers. There's a there's a representation. Sometimes this is a funny thing to me. There are some groups out there that teach the name of God is uh, Yahweh. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody heard this before? They say Yahweh. His name is Yahweh, and we've got to say Yahweh in the scriptures, and we got it. That's wrong. We could spend a lot of time just talking about that. That's crazy talk, and uh, and that. I just want to encourage you, his name. We we can't even pronounce his name. You know we serve a God that we can't even say his name. If we ever forget how finite we are and how infinite we is, all we have all we have to do, uh, we are by the way, not we is. All we have to do is think about wow, we follow a God, we can't pronounce his name. Uh, Isn't that something? I don't think anybody here will have trouble saying my name Jim. I'm not so amazing regardless of what I think. Right? Sometimes I say stuff and I'm thinking, it's either really stupid or I just need to give you a second to get it, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, we serve a God we can't say His name, and I, you know, I'm walking a fine line when I say, you know, we see the name of God. We don't see the name of God, but we understand that sometimes, as we get to know, there's an identity associated with the name, and we have a sense of who God is. And I don't want to lose that, so we come and we serve the Lord, and we say, "You are our God. We are Your people, and Your name we're going to, rep- we're good, we're good to represent." And He gives us, He tells us in the Ten Commandments, "Don't take the name in vain. Don't misuse the name." this wonderful name and what it represents. It's not saying, oh, my God, which can be a misrepresentation also. But it's so much more than that. His name is in God. That's just what we call him because we don't know what else to call him. We can call him Lord. We can call him the one we can say we're part of the way. That's what the first believers used to call themselves. They were at a church. They were in the new covenant. A lot of times we see old historical findings where they identified to themselves as the way. We can say he's the way. But we can't misrepresent that name. All of these good attributes and more what Jesus brings. We can't misrepresent them. Are you with me? Now in the Sussler clan... There's name I can misrepresent the sussler name. If I ever turn out to be a pansy, you'll know I've misrepresented the sussler name. If you ever see me being, I don't know. I don't know. Then I will guarantee there's going to be a group of susslers over to the side somewhere going, what's wrong with him? He's ruining our family name. And that's true, by the way. If you don't know that about susslers, I'm telling you, Is that true? Sister Jackie, is that true? Yeah. Dad, would you be concerned? He just said a little bit. Yeah. It's true. So I can misrepresent the name. And this is just as a sus. You know, we have this sense of, as a believer, there's so much to being connected to the name. And I'm saying this, you understand, I'm talking about the identity of this, the identity of it, not a a harsh, literal, you know. But the identity of what it is to be a believer, the identity of what it is to follow Jesus. We can't misrepresent that. And we have such a wonderful identity. Go ahead, Brad. For example, (coughs) excuse me, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Well, gee, that's a nice identity, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are, not, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Gee, that's a really wonderful identity. Or because, he, because as he is, uh, so also are we in the world as he is. Whoa, that's a wonderful identity. You see what I'm talking about here? We don't want to misrepresent this. John 15, no, I, no longer I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but instead I've called you friends. That's a mic drop statement. We're friends. There's an identity. This is good stuff. Anybody think this is bad? We don't want to misrepresent this, and we don't want to take the name in vain. You with me? Okay. Now here we have to do a little bit of a shift for a minute. Why is it, if we have such a wonderful identity, and we have such a wonderful name that we're connected to, and this, this identity and the name, why is it that so many believers are not bold? I think that's a good question. When it comes to faith, have you ever seen believers turn into wallflowers? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I go to church too. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you, Mike Fantry? I'm just having fun. I'm not picking on Mike. I don't know why. It's so fascinating to me. Sometimes when it comes to, we have this great identity. Who can be against us? Who can be against us? We serve a God. We can't pronounce his name. We're we're connected to that identity. Who can stop us? So I want to just step aside and I want to share a couple personal stories that I've never shared. I can't imagine that I'll ever share from the pulpit again. And I'll tell you why. There's stories of me in high school and sometimes uh, it's going to make me sound like I'm a certain kind of guy. I'm not. <laughs> but I want to give God credit for a couple of things that happened. And I'm going to make this about us today. So just stay with me, okay? But I want to share. <whistles> I want to share. <laughs> these, And I really do want to give God credit because I know he did this stuff in my life. And, and and I just it's a little caveat. A little, before I get into this story, a caveat. Before I what's my caveat? It was a really good one. Oh, I got it. I remember. I remember. You know, sometimes people will say, Oh, that happened when he was a kid. It doesn't matter. It matters. You know, when you give God credit for something he did, it's not an age thing. You with me? Yeah, so I'm going to speak a little bit. I'm going to testify. testify. I'm going to testify, friends. We do it. I feel like I'm a half step away from going in a full-on preaching mode. I'm going to testify. Oh. So, I'm in 11th grade. I want you just to just understand the year there. And uh, there was a young man who, when I first moved to Milwaukee, I went to a Christian school for eight weeks. And he was there, and he was a believer. And when we were, later on, we were assigned to the same homeroom. And I thought he was a really nice fellow. But he started to make fun of my faith. Well, that wasn't about change. Here, I think I got this believer friend who turned out not to be a friend. He was positioning for social status. I don't even know what he was doing. But he started making fun of me being a believer. And I thought, well, this is awkward. And this went on for a while. A while. More than a year. The next year starts, we're in the same homeroom. He picks up relieves off, except it's escalating. It's escalating. Then I think, you know, you know, turn the other cheek. <laughs> I'll ignore him. So I went about my business and ignored him. I, got, I would try to tell people in high school, I tried to tell people about God. I really did. And I really tried hard. And in homeroom, all we did in homeroom—I don't know what your school was like, but in my homeroom—it was 20 minutes long, and we just sat there during the morning announcements so we could talk and do homework or do nothing. And I would try to talk about God in homeroom. And this guy's barking at me right next to me. He's literally right next to me in an assigned seat. Ah, oh, God, 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 God. On this side of me in the assigned seat is a young lady named Stephanie. Now, in my school, and this is no joke, some of you went to schools like this and you'll understand. Others of you did not, and you may think I'm making this up about my school. In my school, the most dangerous people to mess with were a particular group of young ladies. They were the most dangerous because if they wanted to get you, they would get you with their friends in a time that you wouldn't expect it, and they would hurt you really bad. Or like physically. So after all this time has gone on, and I'm getting frustrated. I went home, and I used to pray about it all the time. I'd go home and God, I don't know what to say. I got this guy, he's barking at me. He's bashing you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And I remember laying in bed one night, and God, I got nothing. I'm done. And I was, I was frazzled. I mean, I had had it. So as I'm laying there telling God how I had it, I've had it, I worked up. The next day, I went to school, and I thought, this is my day. I'm not turning the other cheek anymore. I went to homeroom. Guess who wasn't there? <laughs> So, you should know, when I put my mind to something, I can be stubborn. So I went looking for him that day. (laughs) In between classes, during classes, I went to all of the places that he was. I spent the whole day looking for him. I prayed the whole day, God help me find him, help me find him, help me find him, because I'm putting an end to it. This is the day. And I looked for him, and I looked for him. I talked to his friends. His friends knew he was there, but nobody could find him. Hmm. I went home that night, and I prayed that night. God, I've had it. I've just had it. I've just had it. And I laid in bed, and I woke up the next morning, and I went to homeroom, and homeroom starts. He's not there. Oh, What's <laughs> happening? Homeroom's almost over, and guess who shows up? There he is. He comes, and he sits down, and right away, mama ma, 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 ma. Bell rings, and I stand up, and I look at him. This is the moment. All of a sudden, Stephanie says, oh, no, you don't, James. And I look at her, and she starts putting rings on. And she said, you you let me talk to him. Bye, Brian. Thanks, Stephanie. And I left. Guess who never said another word to me? I just left him right there at the end of the homeroom. <laughs> Stephanie's like, mm, oh no, you don't. <laughs> I would send her Christmas cards. <laughs> I am convinced God took care of business. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm going to share one other story. I was driving, I had the opportunity, I was very fortunate, to go to summer school. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Enjoy that topic that so many of you love, geometry. And uh, you know, in summer school, you just—I was driving a car, and I—I I picked up some kids in the neighborhood. They, we were all very good students. My whole carload, enjoying our summer school experience. And I remember driving to summer school one day, and it was—I uh, wasn't very familiar with it. It wasn't my natural school. I had to do go to a different high school for summer school. And I'm driving, and I've got kids in the car, and I, again, I don't know them very well, and we're just. And as I'm looking in my rearview mirror, I realize that there's a car following me. And it's a really old middle-aged man, you know. At the time, I thought that was really old. And he was following me in the car, and he's really mad at me. I think, wow, what's his problem? The other people in my car, yeah, what's his problem? Yeah, yeah. So as I'm getting closer to summer school, I realize he's been following me the whole way. I'm like, I don't know what the guy's problem is. And the, these two in my car, and I had, guess what? You should know, I forgot a big part of the story here. I had been witnessing to them all during summer school rides. And I've been trying to tell them and invite them to church and tell them about God. So now I've got this car following me. And what kind of, what do I want to pick? Do I want to be skull cracking and yell at the guy? Or do I just want to ignore it? I'm going to ignore it. So I'm driving on the road, realizing he's following me. I've got these people in my car wondering what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. So I started driving. I thought, well, let's make sure the guy's following me. And I start to drive this long way around the block and do a whole big circle. Guess who's with me, the whole big circle. (laughs) Then I realized there's another car behind him. And I'm thinking, well, that's really odd. Why is there another car behind him? Now we're like a convoy of cars (laughs) snaking through a neighborhood. And we look probably ridiculous to anybody who's just watching this. Finally, we're close to this this summer, summer school. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to go in. We all got to get in. And the other people in my car are barking at me because they've got to go to class. And So I've got to figure out how to get into summer school. <clears throat> now, God, I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking this in my head. I'm not shouting out, hey, God, I don't know what to do. There's a strange man, and now there's a convoy of strange people. <laughs> but I don't know what to do, and I've been working so hard to be a testimony. What do you do? I pipe-bombed him. No, no. I thought, that's it. I've had enough. So I pull over right in the road. I just stop in the road. Berk. And he stops right behind me. All of a sudden, this third car goes right around in between our cars. I think I got extra trouble here, and I'm looking in, the, in there, and there's a guy driving the car, him and a buddy who I've never seen before. But the driver was somebody I was in ninth grade with years earlier. I don't even hardly know the guy. He saw what was happening. So this middle-aged guy, he gets out of the car like he's gonna come, come give it to me. And this other car with this guy who I didn't even hardly know, a little bit of a street tough if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You know, the kind of people who earn the opportunity to go to summer school. (laughs) He gets out of the car and runs straight, him and his buddy runs straight at the driver who was following me. Don't you forget it, old man. So I got back in my car and drove off. <laughs> two times. I'm trying to do right by God two times. when I, I thought I had nothing more. He took care of business. Now I think, yeah, I don't know why those other people did what they did. <laughs> I don't know. But I'll tell you what, God stands out. God watches out for his own. He watches out for his own. I think about boldness. We're attached to this identity. God is not going to say, This is the identity, but I'm too afraid to have your back. Now, those are extreme teenage circumstances, those stories. But in our life, we see such, we have such. He's a God of power. He's a God of loyalty. Let's look at this next passage, Brad. The very cool thing is happening here. This is Acts 3. Peter said, Peter and John, they walk by this guy who's been lame for years and years and years and, and outside the temple and, and Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name, in the name, look at that in the name of Jesus Christ of the Nazarene, get up and walk then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up and he did, or as he did the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened whoa fabulous healing Uh, you know, there's something that's happening here that's really significant. Have you ever thought? Have you ever wondered, or ever told God, "Boy, God, if I can see such amazing miracles, like the lame getting up and walk, the blind seeing, if I can do that stuff, then I'll be bold." You ever said that? You ever thought, "Boy, God, you use me for miracles, then I'll be bold for you." Or ever known anybody like that? If you if you use that person, if you know, if you use me, or if you use that person, then they'll be bold for you. But in this case, they were bold and then they were used. It's not the miracles that make us bold, amen. It's not the great things that make us bold, but it's our faith in the great name. It's the faith, it's our faith in who He is that makes us bold. So the next day, the council of the rulers and elders and the teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. They had a big problem because these two guys had been preaching. And that day, 5,000 people came to faith. They, the, that day that Peter said, get up and walk, 5,000 people knew that this guy was lame. And they listened to the preaching of, of, of them. And they, they got saved that day. So the next day, the council of the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem with this big problem uh, and asked, the high priest was there along with Caiaphas and John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. Oh, High priest and a family affair. They brought in the two disciples, Peter and John, demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? <coughs> Excuse me. They want to know what's happening. They want to know. And then they knew. They even knew then. In whose name are you doing this? Why? why how is this possible? We read on. Acts 4, a little later on, by the way, they answer and then they get released. Peter and John get released after that big discussion they had with Caiaphas and his group. And they go back to the believers and there's a prayer, an epic prayer going on, a very wonderful prayer. And this is the middle of the prayer here. In fact... While they're praying, they're saying, In fact, this has happened here in the very city. For Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O oh Lord, hear these, hear their threats. They want him to stop witnessing. And give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. You know what's funny as I'm reading this? I'm thinking... What do you mean? They're asking for great boldness. They just had great boldness. They just did a miracle. Five thousand people come to get come to faith that day, and what do they do? They ask for boldness. Just because we're bold once doesn't mean we're going to be bold again. Have you been bold in your life and then timid after that? With our faith, it's it's a mindset. Oh yeah, in my family, we're supposed to be bold for him. In my family, in the Sussler family, we're not supposed to be wallflowers. But these guys are, I can't stop being bold. Help us be bold. So stretch out, uh, where do we leave off here? Your servant's great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. This is, a, a, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Well, I thought they were bold before. I can't imagine what that group was like. We are connected to this name. We can be bold. We are to be bold for our faith. Now, I, I recognize that we're not a room full of Peters and Johns. I recognize that they're, <laughs> they're of the original 12. I, I get that. They have an experience level, and they've seen and walked with Jesus. But we have the same Holy Spirit. We can be bold. And we're supposed to be bold. And we're supposed to seek to be bold. And that's part of the connection to the name. No wallflowers. Amen? Amen? I think, God will never leave me if I'm bold for him. He won't. If I'm doing right by God, not right by me, if I'm doing right by God, he won't leave me. I'm going to be all right. He's going to take care of me in the way that he sees fit. I like how Paul says it. Christ to me is to die, or Christ to me is to die, to live is to gain. Christ to me is to live, to die is to the gain. There we go. I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Christ to me, now I die. No. That's, that's not right. It's almost... Uh, that's it. That's the word this morning. I just want to encourage us all, all of us here to be bold for the Lord, to be bold for the Lord. We don't have to do anything amazing. you know if we're going to be bold, it starts off with a very simple thing. We'd have to live the right life of the right priorities. the right priorities. Okay God, I'm with you, I'm with you and then we just walk those out. We don't have to try and define what that is. We don't have to fly to Jerusalem and go outside the temple and tell some lame guy, lame guy to get up. We start tell it, We start right here, telling people, hey, why don't you come to church with me sometime? Whatever, whatever stretches our comfort zone, whatever stretches your comfort zone, that's a good way to be bold. Praying for somebody, if they tell you they're sick, pray for them right there. I never pray for people. Well, there you go. Pray for them right there. How are you going to know if God's going to heal them? How are you going to know? Be bold. If anybody does hassle us, they'll take care of business. Amen? Amen. Now Please stand up. And we will pray. Lord God, we do pray for boldness, Holy Spirit. We pray, we really seek you to grow in boldness, to walk in great boldness, so we can be good, good testimonies, good to the name. We want to honor your name. Live life in a way that honors your name. It's such a wonderful name, Lord. We thank you for the work that you're doing in this house. We thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. And we look to advance with you, to grow with you, to know you. And again, Lord, to be bold for you and the name. So I pray for this time. And I pray for everybody here that we can grow in all of these things and grow in fellowship and revelation with you. And I pray for your hand in our lives in ways that we can see so we can share. Thank you for your great mercies and great grace for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.